Black face? Black voices? How does that work? Uh, I don't know. And the Fab Four are calling Trump an MFer. Uh, is this a family show still? It is. <laughs> Sorry, Pastor. Is is abortion health care? No. That's easy. It's not, it's not. It's come on. Be a short show. Come on. Come on. <laughs> that short show. And Dr. Vody Bakum's coming on. Uh-oh. Yes. Uh-oh. And as you can see, we got Josh Bice in the go. studio with us up in the chimney of Idaho, all the way from Georgia. Oh man. He didn't bring hey. me any, he didn't bring me any bojangles though. You know, I need I need my bojangles. You didn't bring any bojangles. No bojangles. We eat Chick-fil-A, brother. Oh, <laughs> Christian chicken. Hey you guys, thank you for joining the show. Pastor Toby, Chuck Knox, Waterboy, good to be here with you guys. We're just a bunch of rowdy Presbyterians and, and, and a couple Baptists. <laughs> we're all Baptists. <laughs> no, we're not. No, we no. baptized. No, no. We're baptized. <laughs> Amen. Hey, if y'all don't know, Josh Bice is the pastor of Praise Mill Baptist Church. Um, he and his wife have how many children? I think Four you added children. the S on Four? Praise Mill. No, 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 no. I didn't, I didn't okay, do it. Right. Four children. <laughs> and uh, they're all up here on a little family vacation. Yeah. We're so grateful. You to actually have do you. have a baptized child, though. I two do. Of them. I have two of them. Two of them. Yeah. Two of them. yeah. yeah. That's yeah. wonderful. See? That's wonderful. And you're going to baptize all of them, too. We're all Baptists. We just, <laughs> some of us get it wrong on how we baptize. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. The timing of it. Yeah. <laughs> Josh is also the organizer. What's your title for the G3 conference? The uh, Godfather? Executive director? Something. Founder, director. Okay. G3conference.com. If you're not familiar with it, go to G3conference.com. The next one in 2020 is going to be in uh, January. Registration is now open. Um, Cross politics going to be there. Yeah, we yes. got a, we got a partnership with G three. What? Yeah. what in the what? But that's Josh great. Is a little bit like yeah. Well, we don't call it. That. <laughs> yeah, Josh, Josh, so, like, so we're, we're like we're like part owners of this. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Got, uh, John MacArthur's going to be there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Paul wow. Washer, Vody Bakum, Stephen Lawson. I mean the name James White, Phil John. We know some of these people. Joel yeah. Beakey. Yeah. I think Joel Beakey's a Presbyterian. He knows yeah. how to baptize. Derek Thomas, too. Yeah. Okay. Oh, Derek Thomas. Okay. All right. <laughs> I just we're gonna, we're, hey, we're going to do a couple of live shows there, and maybe maybe we do it on – we haven't come up with a topic yet, but maybe we do it on baptism while we're out there. Oh, Worship we, and baptism? Are you trying to get us disinvited yeah, already? I do want to say, though, I'm a little offended that you walked in the studio with this. Uh-oh. Oh. Uh-oh. You know what? You know we have our own coffee. Yeah, You well. know I like to serve people coffee. You get a black man to make you some coffee, and you walked in here with this? <laughs> From Georgia. Hey, look, I visited. I visited Washington, and you know when you come to Seattle, there's like as many Starbucks as we have Chick Fil A in Atlanta. Yep, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, except it's kind, symbol all up in. It's kind of like the opposite, though. I mean, really. I mean, come on. I mean, I, even though I do sometimes go to Chick Fil A, yeah, I rebuke him too. Anyway, hey, if you're not a member of Cross Politic yet. What's wrong with you people? Mm-hmm. Um, right now, for a limited time only, if you become a member, you can get a Fight, Laugh, Feast Network pint glass. Mm-hmm. Drink your preferred beverage of choice. It is Baptist <laughs> or there, Presbyterian. And I'm still working on the are logistics there, here. Are there any but, left? Um, yes, there's, there's, still, there's still some left. So while supplies last, of course. Okay. But we really, I mean, we've gotten the most, this has been our most club member sign up so far. And the month's not even over. So all we had to do was sell glasses. I, I know. Thank you guys seriously, for joining us. Seriously, you guys are seriously you. putting some love and love on us because we're trying to do a lot, and we we have little resources, and the club membership is the way to fund what we're doing. So thank you guys for Absolutely. doing that. Also, just really quick, don't forget about the post college life conference that's coming up. Yes, um, next month, August sixteenth and seventeenth. It's loading right now, but anyways, but it's, it's here, here in Moscow. It's here in Moscow. Um, plan to come. This is um, for 
Um, singles, uh, young professionals. Um, there's going to be um, um, even if you're married and kind of, oh, yeah, but, but sure. in, that, in that phase, kind of out of college and thinking about like buying cars, buying houses. How do you do that as a Christian? Yeah. Um, what about you know just life in the public square? In you know how do you live yeah. as a Christian in in a world like the one we live in? Yeah. Um, that's the kind of questions we're trying to answer. Post college life conference. The internet doesn't work. It'll be, be just Google. Just Google post calls. I'm, I'm going to be there. It's August yep. 16th and 17th here in Moscow. I'm going to speak at it, and um, we're going to be doing a D- panel. Dave Hatcher, pastor yep. from Seattle, yep. is coming over to do a talk. That's right. Oh, that's awesome! And um, you're actually going to be on one of the panels, Knox. That's the mis- first mistake y'all made. <laughs> so, anyways, <laughs> coming out post college life yeah. conference. Check it out. And we're excited. We got more conferences that we're going to be announcing here pretty soon that we're yeah. going to be at. So awesome. Yep. Hang tight. All right. Have you guys been following the the Fab Four? What did Andrew Clavin call him? Uh, the Evil Squad. The Shevel. The Shevel. Oh, the axis of shivel. Yes, there we go. <laughs> the axis of shivel. Well, they did their own little panel conference together, and it was a it was mess. Actually, it was actually Netroots. Okay. Um, this is a conference that takes place mostly in Philadelphia. Um, and what they are about, it's a progressive conference. They consider themselves to be the largest progressive conference. They are been around for about a decade or They're so. They're called Netroots? Netroots, yeah. yeah. Okay. And so I didn't know about them, but because of the whole Trump tweets, this yeah, they, everybody's been wanting to get them there anyway, and so they had okay. a conf- they had a little panel with these guys in the middle of the conference, and oh my goodness, you got to listen to this with from Illinois. If you go to a port of entry, and the country that you are at the port of entry of does not recognize your right to seek asylum, it is a human thing for you to figure out how you bypass that process in order for you to survive. That is just human. That's just just human to get around the laws. Wait, I just, hey, Pastor, how you how you feel about that, Pastor? Yeah, I think that we have we have laws that we need to obey. So this whole debate of whether or not we should just allow you know open borders, people just to come into the United States without any question whatsoever, just because of the the fact that they're a human being, is uh, is is simply not true. We have places where people can go through the legal process of entering this country. And I think that we need to abide by the laws. If you don't like those laws, then there's a way to change them, but you don't have the right to just break laws. Well, and there's also the whole idea of asylum. I mean, yeah. just because someone says the word asylum, Correct. what does that mean? Are you, what are you running from? You're, yeah. Are you, are you, are you actually, your life in danger? Right. Well, that's why you, you go to the office. Yep. And they listen to your story. There's a process. If there's credible um, testimony that like your life is literally in danger, it, they're they're not likely to just turn you away and say too bad for you. But the problem is you have a lot of people coming over because you know they just looking for work or, yeah. or other situations or they're bad guys. Yeah, that's so. If my if my neighbor is in danger, but they come over in the middle of the night and they climb through my window, yeah. I'm going to treat them far differently than if they knock on the door and tell me that they're yeah, threatened. That's, that's that's really good. But, but that's, she's saying, too, that if they do knock on the door, you're telling them that they can't come in and, shoot, there's bad stuff happening out here. So it's natural for them to go ahead and figure out a way to get around your front door mm-hmm. in order to make themselves safe. Yeah. Well, and, and, and once again, you know, that they're going to receive different treatment if they go about that process. Righteous treatment, too, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Toby, your comments made me think, um, you know, the sitcom The Office with Michael Scott. Michael Scott gets into this, gets to the point where he has real financial troubles, and his um, accountant comes in and advises him. He's like, "Man, you need to declare bankruptcy. This is bad." So Michael Scott walks out of his office into into his his employees and says, "I declare bankruptcy," and and he thought that's all he needed to do to de- well, just to say it. Oh, I, oh declare, I see what you mean. I so, declare bankruptcy. So, so declaring asylum. Yeah, it's it's like, not I, de- I declare asylum. Okay, and, I see the, the connection now. Yeah. Sorry, it took took. 
took me. No, that was a gay. That, that was pretty easy. Let's go to the next one. If there were dogs in those cages, every single member of Congress would vote to make sure that all of these cages didn't exist anymore. So we live in a society. We live in a society and govern in a body that might value the life of a dog more than they value the life of a child who might not look like theirs. We, we agree mm. with her. Actually, abortion <laughs> kind of proves that, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. And all of our, you know, childlessness and, and yeah, and, and three dogs and, mm-hmm. and all the. I don't know. I don't know if I agree. I mean, I, it depends on which gods we're worshiping at the time. I know. I know. You know, if, if, if we're not worshiping the guy that wants to convict Michael Vick, then no, we don't really care. Right. Yeah. Like that. It depends on yeah. which gods are, are the popular sure. ones at the time. And obviously the one that says you shan't, shouldn't kill a child is not the one that everybody, like you were saying, doesn't want to worship that. Right. God. Yeah. So it all depends right now. It's just like, because we have these kind of people who are, really pushing their narrative they're they're oh, helping saying this oh, is the god to worship guys oh yeah no no they, i mean they, they don't they don't mean it exactly. this is this is the the god of manipulation this yeah, is this exactly. is the yeah. god of uh, really sentimentalism yeah. yeah and you don't get to say that yeah. yeah you sit here with a party that killed anyway right. can, can i say congresswoman presley or i, I want to hear I, what were you going to say i just say bumper stickers you know save the whales keep abortion safe and legal i mean <laughs> right just yeah, right. Yeah. yeah I mean, if, and if, she has those plastered all over her car. I probably. can't remember if this is a Babylon B article or not, but you know, something like, you know, a, if, if we had, um, keep, you know, keep puppy abortion safe and legal. <laughs> right. Right. Because you get a bumper sticker. You know, I mean, the, the people would freak out. But you know, yeah. Peter's worked really hard. I think there's two things that's happened with the animal situation. Peter's worked really hard to get people's conscience pricked about animals. Yeah. Yeah. They have worked really, really yeah. hard. Yeah. Now, and also because we've become confused a little bit about who we, not a little bit, about who we are. Animals aren't really different than us. They're our children. <laughs> that's, our, that's, our, that's my son. And, and I think Peter has done a great job in moving us to think that way. Yeah. So now they're just like kids. Yeah. If we improve the conditions of a child in a cage, they are still in a cage. Are you opposed to the criminalizing and the where that baby was from you wouldn't ask if it was sick you wouldn't know its name but everyone on the plane offers advice to lull to comfort and to quiet that child these are all our children and we should be doing the same damn thing that's it to josh's point if if someone brings a baby crying to my house and shoves it through the window at 2 a.m in the morning yeah well if i if i yeah if i'm just moving if i'm just moving and i get off of the airplane the way everyone else gets off of the airplane with my luggage, then I'm going to be, you know, received just fine. But if, if they open up the luggage compartment and I walk out of there, then now they're going to start asking different questions and treat me much better. <laughs> yeah. Where'd you come out of? Yeah. But did you notice what she said? They're all our children. They're all our children. Yeah. Um, no, they're not. Yeah. That's right. No, they're not. That's right. Now, now back to whose God we're appealing to. Is there a sense in which in the Christian church, there's a community element in which we do, you know, covenant, we call that the covenant, covenantally um, assist one another in bringing up our children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord? Yes. But that's given by the Christian God in the blood of Jesus. Come on now. Where'd that come from? Uh, But but the thing is, is what she wants is she wants a fake version of that. She wants a pseudo version of that, which is another way of saying that covenant... 
covenantal thinking is inescapable. That's the only right. question yeah. is which God are you going to appeal to? Mm-hmm. And the false gods of the state mm-hmm. want to claim your kids. That's right. That's what government schools are all about. Your kids belong to us. Yeah. I, I mean, to all of us. Yeah. <laughs> right? right. That's why they go get this sex ed education. Yeah. We're going to teach them how to be boys and girls or, <laughs> or whatever, whatever they want they to be. be. Yeah. But, oh, man. And you said back then that your commitment was to push for impeachment. Back then. Where I mean, does that stand now? <laughs> is, are we, is it possible for us? What's We're going to impeach the MFR. Don't worry. So let me tell you. Let me tell you. No, we're going to impeach him. Uh, okay. Uh, wait, wait. Should I just go next clip? <laughs> I, I thought it was not okay to talk like that. Oh, that's true. I thought this was wrong. Yeah. You know, you said something last time. I think it was last show, last week. You okay. said the problem, the way that Republicans and conservatives get played is they make these rules and they think that the liberals are going to play by those oh, rules. Right. Remember you talked, we were talking yeah. about that and we were talking about with the, uh, was it the um, Supreme Court justice oh, that, yeah. that he was trying to make yes. a, a roundabout yeah. on the census question. Right. And, and I was thinking to myself, like, how do we, but this is a perfect example. Yeah. Trump, you can't talk like that. You can't say the things you're saying. How dare you? Yeah. And then she says, we're going to impeach him yeah. using, you know what she really wanted to say. Right. And yeah. everybody cheers. Right. And it's funny because the lady at the end, she's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm like, right. What's th- well, because the, yeah, the, there's no apart from the triune God, there's no actual fixed standard anywhere. No, all the gods of the nations are fickle mm-hmm. and, and they're and they're erratic. You don't want leaders and, like this. And, and this is and, and you worship that kind of God, the God of feelings, the yeah. God of um, the, the moment, the God of my lusts. Yeah. And these things shift at every given moment. And so when they say, hey, here, let's have decency and civility. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. What they mean by decency and civility is whatever they want to do right now to get what they want done. Yeah. yeah. They don't actually mean decency and civility right. def- as defined by God's yeah. word. That's no. right. Mm-hmm. Well, and every, everybody has prophetic um, language. Everyone has prophetic name calling. And they, they, they do it our way and Jesus does it his way. You dig deep, you will find out that the census question that he was trying to push was all about diminishing people of color from getting counted. <laughs> I, I don't remember it going like that. I thought he was trying to ask who was a part of the nation. Yeah. If you're a part of the citizen, if you're a citizen question, if you're a citizen. Yeah. But are you sure? That's all it was about. But if you're a citizen, you get counted. Yeah. As a citizen. Right. Mm -hmm. But no, no, it was discriminating against against people of color. No, I think. Or people who can't count. You were right when you said, you know, these gods, they change. They go back and forth. And Joe Biden figured that out better than anybody else because he was worshiping the old gods and they had switched on him. He's like, I just got good at this. <laughs> I just, I've been working at this for 30 years. Here y'all finally, go. Yeah. Rolling yeah. the dice. I got to hurry. I was vice president to a black man. Yeah. I just got good at that. Oh, get ready. Brace yourself. Um, they, they've been playing the long game for a long time, coming after our courts, our, our legislative, our state legislatures. Um, I am the chair of the Abortion Access Task Force, appointed under our pro-choice caucus. This is the first, thanks to Barbara Lee, and this is the first Democratic majority pro-choice Congress in our history. And the fact that that is true at a time when the most draconian, oppressive, life-threatening, family-separating, 
uh, policies are being rolled out against the backdrop of this first pro-choice majority Congress, we're not standing for it. And we're going to attack it and resist it at every level from our courts. We'll be on amicus briefs. Um, I've introduced a resolution restoring a woman's, uh, an individual's right. An individual's right. Oh. <laughs> I'm just stopping it right oh. there. <laughs> Uh, a, a woman. We, I mean, we I mean, we're not serving right those guys abortion. anymore. Uh, we're not serving those guys. They just switched up, and I forgot the wow. script. I mean, I, well, I mean an individual, individuals' rights. By the way, was it when the president of Planned Parenthood she got fired because mm. she didn't want to use the, term. the transgender she terminology? Got, she got terminated. She got. No, it was a late term abortion <laughs> because it was within nine months. Yeah, right. <laughs> she was she was born alive. <laughs> she only uh, no, she didn't even get that far. She wasn't even born alive. She wasn't even born God. alive, man. Oh man. Oh gosh. Just hear the the insanity. The insanity of um pro choice yeah. separating families. Yeah. 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 Can you not? No, they can't see. Okay. Before so before you go to the, I want to because we're gonna close out this segment and, and, and we got to talk to Vody. Okay. But I want to ask you right now. There's a play that's being run. This is not just accident. They're not just sitting up here doing this. They're trying to accomplish a goal. And it's really easy to look at their inconsistencies and point to what are you what are you doing? But as you're looking at the landscape, Pastor, what do you think they're trying to accomplish ultimately? It's not just the idea of intersectionality. Intersectionality is being weaponized for a purpose. What is that? Yeah, so the purpose would be to deconstruct power structures. It would be to take power structures that they disagree with to uh, just completely uh, deconstruct those structures so that they can uh, replace repurpose, it with replace yeah. it with those people put put new power authority figures in those seats that they could deconstruct so that's the 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 end game that's the long goal um so what they will do is that it, it, as you've stated that they would use a tactic like intersectionality to get to that goal so in other words if we can create this idea of a victim culture that would allow us to get sympathy to create this movement to get to this goal then that's the end game that's why she's slipping up on the word Absolutely. because she's trying to connect. Well, because yeah. they can't keep up with themselves. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. No, that, yeah. That's, that's, right. that's right. That's exactly, that's exactly right. right. Because yeah. what about all those men that want to have abort what? abortions? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the thing is, too, is I know you're playing the music, but I'm just going to say this anyways. Do it. The, uh, there's a bunch of people in the middle that get m- manipulated by this. That's right. So not everybody is thinking deconstruct and then we'll grab the reins of power. Mm-hmm. There's a few people who I think who see the whole landscape, mm-hmm. but lots of people just get played. That's yes. They get played. They're, they're manipulated by their emotions and they think, well, then bad things did happen there. Yeah. Yep. And, and they get played. Yep. yep. All right. More cross politics coming up with Vody Bakum, Dr. the good Dr. Vody Bakum. Uh oh. Next on cross politics. Did you call him by his middle name? Oh, and don't wait. You don't want to miss the third segment. We're going to wrap it up with Dr. Bice. Classical Conversation supports homeschooling parents by cultivating the love of learning through a Christian worldview in fellowship with other families. We provide a classical, Christ centered curriculum, local, like minded communities across the United States and in several countries, and we train parents who are striving to be great classical educators in the home. For more information and to get connected, please visit our website at classicalconversations.com. Classical, Christian, get connected, get community. This is for you. Oh, hey, man. Do we, does he need that? I need that. You're on fire already, man. Oh, man. No, I'm not. I'm not. Hey, welcome back to Cross Politic on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. Thanks for joining us and... We are really grateful to have with us um, on the line um, none other than 
Vody Bauckham. Uh, the good doctor. The good doctor. Yeah, get it right. Uh, he's husband, father. <laughs> uh, he's pastored in the past. He's an author, professor, conference speaker, church planter. And um, he currently serves as dean of theology at African Christian University mm. in Lusaka, Zambia. Um, and um, he says that he's not had any manicures or pedicures this morning. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's just a little uh, inside something or other. Um, yeah. and, and you're like a black belt in what? Yeah, I, no, not a black belt. He's a black belt in no nonsense is what he is. <laughs> yeah. 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 Taking names. No, <laughs> no. But, no. I, but, I, but, I, but I am a practitioner of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu working toward my black belt, but that's like a 10, 15-year journey in Brazilian okay. Jiu-Jitsu. Wow. Man, and, uh, and, 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 and you're, I hear that your health is in pretty good shape. Yeah, man, my health is in pretty good shape. You know, a couple of years ago, um, I, I had a, a, a real scare. I have chronic kidney disease. And, yeah. You know, it, it sort of raised this ugly head and the video went out there and people were contacting my daughter and my wife, you know, it's just like, is he, is he dead? Is he, you know, but, <laughs> oh, man. but I, I'm not, and, uh, <laughs> I've been doing, I've been doing great. And, uh, yeah, man, health is good. Just, just saw my nephrologist in Jackson, uh, a couple of days ago and, and, uh, yeah, my labs look good. My numbers look good. My kidneys are healthy. Um, Praise God. Praise God. Yeah, man. Yeah. All right. Well, we're so grateful to have you on the show. And we are also excited that you're going to be at the G3 conference next January. Is that is that true? That is, well, I, I haven't decided yet. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> just made Josh, like, really, he started sweating over yeah, here. You should see Josh's yeah, face you know. now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you're going to confirm no, yeah. it last minute, won't you? Yeah, last minute. <laughs> so the theme of this year's G3 conference is going to be worship. And so um, looking at the landscape of the evangelical church right now, um, if there was one thing about worship you could change, what would it be? Wow. It's, it's a one? <laughs> one? That's all you get. You're a doctor. You're pretty surgical. <laughs> one. Um, <clears throat> Um, I, I would say intentionality. Um, it, you know, there, there was a time when there was a, a healthy debate and a healthy understanding of regulative versus normative worship. Um, and, and even though there's just, there was disagreement, at least it was understood and it was intentional. And, and now we practice what I like to call the affective principle of worship. Um, you know, the regulative principle, we do what the Bible says and nothing else. The normative principle, um, we can do what the Bible says and anything that it doesn't forbid. The, the affective principle says anything that makes me feel worshipful mm-hmm. is acceptable and you don't have the right to question it. Mm. And, and it doesn't defend itself. It doesn't define itself. It gets offended if you ask for a defense. <laughs> huh. Um, and, and so, and so it's not intentional and, and anything goes, um, as long as it makes somebody feel worshipful. So for me, if there was one thing, it, it would be that it would be to obliterate that affective principle of worship and, and get to an intentional biblical understanding and approach to worship. Um, so if there were two things you would change about worship, <laughs> <laughs> what, 
<laughs> after, the, after that, what would be the second thing? I think that's very important. I, actually, I want you to define worship too when we get after this. But if there was a second thing you would change, what would that be? I'm now, now, I don't know. Now I feel like you're trying to. Kind of rope me into something. You know, hey, you know hey, me too well, brother. Yeah, yeah. We aren't talking about infant um, baptism right now. <laughs> That's next. <nice. laughs> <laughs> yes, there would be there would be no infant baptism anywhere <laughs> in the world. Amen. So, can, can you give me Amen. two things? Can you give me two things? Yeah, That's the other one. Well, Go ahead and get that one. Wait a second. Well, just shut the music now. We're yeah. done now. Well, We're done. Yeah. Yeah. Appreciate it. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> That was actually a serious question, Bodie. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was until you with the infant baptism route. You know? yeah, that was Gabe. Don't listen to Gabe. Yeah. That was Gabe. Yeah. No, I mean, but to me, that leads to just a whole host of things yeah. um, that would be changed. And, and the reason that I say that kind of more general rather than specific is because I believe, and this is ironic, because I'm a regulated principal guy, right? Yeah. And one of the caricatures of regulated principal guys is that we want things in a box and and uniform, and mm-hmm. and it's actually not true. Mm-hmm. Within the regulated principle, there's a lot of variety. The elements are biblical, but the expressions are varied. Okay. And so... You know, I, I'm not a guy who's like, you know, you, you have to have this you know, piece of instrumentation or not that piece of instrumentation or, or whatever. Um, for me, when I talk about the regular principle, it's the elements of our worship um, that, that are there and that must be, be biblical. Yeah, like, so, so, yeah. Like so preaching the scriptures, singing the scriptures. Well, that's why I want to push him. I was yeah. going to say, like, yeah, so can you, could you just, like, what is worship? Can you just, what's your working definition? You know, my favorite definition is, is Bruce Lee Flat's definition. You know, uh, worship, biblical worship, true worship, is happens when we set the mind's attention and heart's affection on the Lord and praise Him for who He is and what He's done. And, and I think when we come together as a church, that is the essence of what we do. Um, regulative worship is that worship that gives to God that which he demands of us in worship. And again, that goes back to those elements um, of worship. Uh, again, of course, it comes from the old English word of ascribing worth, right? Right. Um, and so we are ascribing worth to God in the very specific ways that he has told us to ascribe worth to him. Um, so, I mean, that, essentially, that's what we're doing when we worship. So uh, push, keep pushing that further. Um, is is worship just singing? Um, does worship include preaching? What you know? What is what practically? Yeah, what, is, it, it, what should worship look like in church? It does. It 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 includes all of those things that God has prescribed for us. So it would include preaching. It would include um, singing. It would include the Even reading baptism. of scripture. It would include <laughs> baptism. It would include the Lord's Supper, yeah. um, which, again, it breaks my heart that so many churches almost never, ever, ever do the Lord's Supper, right? Yeah. So and, and, and what's the excuse? The excuse is, you know, we don't have time. You know, you can you can sing for 40 minutes, yeah. but you don't have time. Anyway, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, normally, um, normally, but, normally, the response I get is kind of like what the pro-choice argument is. They want it to be safe and rare. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? Or here's the other thing. Here's the other thing. You get churches who are like, well, you know, we don't want people to become jaded. Yeah. I'll say, mm-hmm. okay, so you don't want them to become jaded about that which the Lord says that, that we do, you know, as often as we do it in remembrance of him. Yeah. But mm-hmm. you have the altar call every week, and you're not worried about becoming jaded Ooh. about Ooh. that thing yeah. that you don't find in the scriptures, yeah, right? That's good. That's real. So, anyway. Yeah. Well, well, see, that's just why I don't like talking to you people. <laughs> you're, like, you're like, okay, here, I'm going to push this, this button. Okay, well, when you push this button, I'm going to push that button. And we're just going to push his buttons until we get him. Bad hey, voting until bad voting comes bad out. Bad <laughs> see? What, what do you mean, you people? Nope. Nobody likes you people. Likes you. <laughs> I took a poll. I took a poll. Nobody likes you. Not one person. You guys don't even like each other. That's kind of true. <laughs> I do want to ask you this. You know, one of the things that's been amazing to me is watch God turn your heart for Zambia. Um, I've I've watched videos with you talking about this, and I remember, you know, when you talking about your sickness, I remember that video. You were just heartbroken. I was seeing your passion in this, and it was interesting to see how God has turned your heart for Zambia. How is worship yeah, there? Man. How is it? How is it there? Um, and what is what's different? Do they have things that we don't have culturally? Um, there has to be a. a so, go ahead. So here's something. It, when people ask me about that, I always tell this this one story. I, I went, and for the you know first time I went, I'm expecting of all the things I'm expecting, I'm expecting the African drum, yes. right? Yes, I'm like it's going to be just you know the drum. <laughs> so I go with these Reformed Baptists in Zambia, and there's no drum. Uh oh, it's just there's no drum. There's no you know they sing hymns and they you know they it's, you know now the singing was incredible, right? Mm. Um, you know, just African, um, you know, uh, and melodies and harmonies and, and things like that. It just, it's wonderful. And Africans just, they sing in, in a way that's just incredibly unique. And so it was awesome. But I, was, I asked Conrad and Bayway, I was like, Conrad, where's the drum? <laughs> I was, I was expecting the drum. <laughs> and his response to me was quite, uh, profound. He said, the drum in our culture, he said, you'll find it in some, you know, different traditions here. But the drum has so much understood meaning in the African context that we don't use it because of the assumptions and the understood meaning and the connection, for example, to African traditional worship and to ancestral worship mm-hmm. and to pagan, you know, pagan these worship. sorts of things. Yeah. And to pagan worship. Yeah. 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 And to pagan worship. And so, you know, I mean, that was so incredibly profound and it spoke volumes about who these brothers in the Reformed Baptist movement in Zambia are, the fact that they are that serious and that careful um, uh, about something that would be so um, natural, you know, uh, and Mm. comfortable within the context of of their culture. It said a lot about... um, the, the way that they just approach God in general, not just uh, the way that they approach worship. So, and again, not they, they wouldn't argue that it's inherently evil or inherently, you know, sure. sinful or whatever. But when you are it, within a particular cultural context, and this goes back to the point that I made earlier about the regular principle, things will be varied, right? Yeah. And that's an example where you would expect the variation to include something, but it excludes it because of a thoughtful theological philosophical conviction right and so so basically kind of what you're what you see is um uh culture 
can influence worship, right? I mean, but, you no, know, no, 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 well, no, uh, uh, no. I'm, it, I'm, it, I'm it great here. Hold on. It Go doesn't on. just can. Yep. It it does. It does. Right. <laughs> you know, it absolutely does. <laughs> right, and so, but what we want to do is we want worship to go the other way. We don't want culture to influence our worship. We want worship to influence culture, right? No, no, no. Uh, uh-uh. I, I think both of those. I think both of those are important. Mm-hmm. Not, not either, not those, either or, but both and. I think both and. Yes. And, and let me explain that. Let me explain okay. that. One of the things that I just said was in the African context, the incredible harmony. Right mm, and yeah, melody, yeah. sure. That 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 come out of the richness of a very, it, it's a singing culture, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and I don't want the African to not sound like an African because he's afraid of the culture. Yeah. Sure. That cultural influence needs to be there. When when, when I go to the, again, when you go to the South, right, and, and you hear. Um, the influence of, 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 of gospel music, right, in the South. Um, or when you go to Kentucky and, and you hear the, the influence there, or when you go to, so even in the United States and different parts of the country, there are different cultural influences that have given shape and they've given rise mm-hmm. to some beautiful things yeah. in the way that we experience worship. So I think it's actually, uh, I don't necessarily want to say dangerous, but unwise yeah. for us to just make a blanket statement about the culture not having an influence. Yeah, and I, I, I guess what, what I'm trying to say is I agree, I agree with you on that. Um, uh, local people are going to um, make up a dynamic in worship that another locality, uh, it, it looks yeah. a little different how they sing and so forth. But what I guess what I'm, what I'm trying to get at is, is that centrally we want um, church, we want church to be a city on a hill, we, and, and particularly worship, we want worship to influence um, not just our um, commu- our church community, but we want worship to influence our political community, our culture, Absolutely. right? And so that's Absolutely. what I'm saying is like I, th- I think worship should be yeah, viewed yeah. as something that's that's you know uh, we like to use the it's word. not just private. We like to use the phrase around here: worship is warfare, and that's yeah. this is one of the I, central I, ways no, how get, we engage. I get you. So, okay. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I, I get you, I get you completely. And I think you know John Piper' quote on this I think is profound when he says missions exist because worship does not. Yeah. Right. That's a good one. That Mm. idea Mm -hmm. that we are not satisfied with worship just being us for no more shut the door. Our desire (laughs) is that Christ might have the fullness of the reward for which he died and that every knee bow and every tongue confess that he's Lord to the glory of God, the father. It's not okay that there are people who are not worshiping. That's good. It's not okay that there are people who are not, um, you know, Where's honoring and acknowledging God anywhere, 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 anywhere. It's not acceptable. It's not okay, and we're not done. That's good. That's really good. Hey, I want to push this one more, one more, th- one more step. I know, I know, we're, uh, we're we're close to time on this segment, but so you said at the beginning that the, if there was one thing you could change, you said the problem that you see in the evangelical landscape right now with worship is effective worship rather than regulative rather than normative you have this idea that worship um is primarily defined by how it makes me feel and whether it satisfies yeah. my really man-centered uh, yeah. exactly so how has that so jesus says we are the salt of the earth and, and and riffing off of what gabe just said we are it's, it's not that we should 
uh, affect culture. It seems to me that we are necessarily affecting culture. The only question is, how are we doing it? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And so yeah. if we're the salt of the earth and we don't have any savor, then we're doing a really shoddy job of, uh, of, of discipling the, the culture as we ought to. And if we've been discipling it, basically that your feelings are central, um, how have we seen the effects of that in our culture? I mean, you know, it, does this have anything to do with the modern political landscape we have? Um, I, you know, it, that's kind of a, a which came first, the chicken or the egg, you know, sure. question. Um, and, and I think there is a there's a, a synergy there. Sure. Um, it, God, God was first. Just so just so you know, God was first. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you so much for that. I love how I get educated every time. I, I, I really do, man. You not know. Okay. Um, <laughs> we we. I think you know pragmatic utilitarianism uh, has dominated. Uh, American culture for a long time. I mean, pragmatism is the American philosophy, right? Yeah. It's the philosophy that was born on our shores. And so pragmatic utilitarianism is our philosophy, has been our philosophy, um, you know, for a, a, a very long time, um, you know, more than a century. Um, so you do see it growing in the culture. You do see it growing in the church. Um, you, you know, so I, which, which of those had the initial influence or the greater influence, um, you know, I, I don't know. But regardless, it needs to be rejected. And, and we need to pull back to a biblical understanding of our philosophy of worship and of our practical expression of worship. Yeah. Well, and that pragmatism just leads to my feelings. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah. And that's where. It, yeah. It goes Absolutely. To, yeah. And I was, I was Absolutely. thinking of, I was thinking of all the like the victim culture stuff we got going on in our world right now. You know, the, it hurts my feelings, so you must hate me. It must be hate speech because yeah. it hurts me. Yeah. And all of that makes the me God makes my feelings God. Right. Uh, and it seems, yeah. it seems to me that I don't know how that can't be at least significantly contributed to by massive evangelical world that has basically stroked everybody's ego for the last number of decades saying this is this is what it means to worship god is basically you've got all these gooey feelings inside and nobody says anything from the pulpit that might offend you and the great irony is here's here's the great irony the great irony is that in biblical christianity we have mechanisms for righting wrongs we have mechanisms for confronting wrongs right yeah and if if we if we go into this sort of tribal mentality that says, you know, I, I my feelings reign supreme, um, I am the center of of you know everything, so on and so forth. It, when we when we retreat into that, then we don't allow for that very important and very uncomfortable interaction where there is confrontation mm-hmm. and where there is a standard outside of me that determines what's right and what's wrong regardless of how I feel um, and that gets us to a healthy biblical place um, of, of I mean true unity right yeah so what yeah. we've done is we just sort of isolated ourselves from that and in turn isolated ourselves from one another mm-hmm. and as a result, have have run away from the mechanism that we have for wrongs to actually be righted. That's, That's right. Good. And here's here's the thing: if if we're worshiping God in spirit and in truth, worship has a way of realigning 
a a people that is maybe getting off during the week yeah. or sliding or slipping or, or starting to think uh, wrongly about the world during the week. And then you go to God on Sunday and that, that truth realigns your emotions, realigns your thoughts, realigns yeah. who you are um, on Sunday. Points you back so, to the yeah, truth. Points you back to the truth. Yeah, but see, we don't want to be realigned. We want to be reaffirmed. Oh, yeah. You know, that was not very reaffirming there, man. <laughs> <laughs> you want, before we, I know you just sitting here the whole time just enjoying the show, but if, I wonder if you want to jump in before I. Got the you know, other thing you want to hit before we go? I would just say that. Uh, G3, I, G3, G3. Yeah. Got it. All right. <laughs> yeah. I would say I agree with everything that's been stated. I, I think that uh, one of the things that we have done in the church in our recent uh, days and years, perhaps, is that. We have uh, put the focus on us rather than on God and worship. So what that means is that we've turned in many ways the worship service into this this idea that we have come to be the judges of the worship. So mm-hmm. in, in right. other words, it's like we think that we're the the judges for like some American Idol show <laughs> to figure out if it makes me feel the right way. Right. And what we need to realize is that. Worship is not necessarily about us, it's about God, and that we were created to worship. Yeah. And we will either worship God in the way that he has demanded that we worship, or we will worship uh, in some idolatrous way. And yeah. we need to to reexamine on an ongoing basis whether or not we have been sliding culturally in, in the wrong direction. But that word demanded, that's such a harsh word, Josh. Yeah. I mean, you're so mean. I was just I, quoting Vody from a moment ago. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> oh, yeah. And if we're judging, if we're judging, we're the standard. Yeah, right. right? Exactly. And, that, yeah. and, and, and no wonder then that yeah. my feelings are God. Yeah. Well, if you just ask anyone, uh, uh, you know, in the parking lot of the church on an average Sunday, why is it that they've joined this church? They will start listing all sorts of things for how they feel or what the church could offer them. Yeah, Meet, yeah. Meets their needs. Absolutely. Good child services. Yeah. They got good care for the kids. Um, <laughs> hey, Pastor, um, I want to ask you real quick, buddy, before we go. Um, I know you got into town, into America, and you probably got hit with all the political nonsense like at one time as soon as you hit the ground, right? I know you got to. And, and everybody wants your opinion on yeah, it yeah. immediately. <laughs> and I know usually your response is, hey, man, I've been in Africa. Um, <laughs> and so, but I. I, I <laughs> I just know there's no way that you could have missed Ayanna Presley's comments, I think, at the Net Roots convention where she talked about we need black faces that speak for black. We don't need any black faces that don't speak for black voices. We don't need any brown faces that don't speak for brown voices. We don't need any gay, fa- fa- uh, queer faces that don't speak for queer vo- I don't. Did you, were you able to hear any of that? And I'm wondering what your take was on any of it. Uh, again, that's that tribalism that we talked about. Yep. And, and if you just carry that stuff out to its logical conclusion, how many different positions are we going to have to create in order to accomplish that goal? Mm-hmm. Because eventually there's, we're, you know, there's going to have to be a left-handed, red-headed, <laughs> um, you know, Chinese. under five foot, <laughs> un- under five foot yeah. uh, LGBTQ congressman from Idaho <laughs> to represent the three people there who fit that description. That's right, why you're right? wrong. That ain't happening in Idaho. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I said three people, man. <laughs> yeah. But, but again, I mean, how, you know, how much, and then the other thing is this, how, how racist is that? Thank you. Because that comment essentially says there is a way 
that black people think, feel, vote, mm. and need to be represented, and a way that, you know, uh, brown people think, feel, vote, and need to be represented. And here's the great irony. The great irony is that the same people who are saying, listen, you're white, you don't know what it feels like to be a black person, you can't know what it feels like to be a black person, these same people are listening to men who say, I feel like a woman and saying, well, then I guess you are. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. That is, uh, that is fire. Yeah. And that's how we close out this segment. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Bodie, how can we continue to follow you and bless you and, and see what's going on in your world? Um, you know, BodieBachman.org, ACU-USA.com is our... <clears throat> excuse me, our American website. Um, and, you know, those two places, uh, org is about to be, we're about to, about to get a new site up, but acu-usa.org uh, And we'll send those uh, out. We'll send those out. Yeah. Yeah. And don't forget about G3 on yeah. worship. And next on Cross Politic, we close it out with yeah. Dr. Josh Bice. All right. Next. Worship is not our idea of trying to please um, a, a benevolent being. Uh, worship ultimately is something that God himself demands of his creatures. Join us this January as we will enjoy fellowship, spiritual growth, and the worship of God at the 2020 G3 Conference. For information and reservations, visit g3conference.com. Oh, that's loud. <laughs> Little country. Yeah. Hey, welcome back to Cross Politic on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. Thank you to all of you who have joined to become members. If you haven't yet, we invite you Jump on with us. Thank you for staying around. Fight, laugh, feast with us. Yeah, thanks for sticking around. All of you that have aspirations of running for office, for whatever lived experience and identity that you represent, if you are not prepared to come to that table and to represent that voice, don't come. Because we don't need any more brown faces that don't want to be a brown voice. We don't need black faces that don't want to be a black voice. We don't need Muslims that don't want to be a Muslim voice. We don't need queers that don't want to be a queer voice. Come on, speak it. And if you're worried about being marginalized and stereotyped, please don't even show up. Because we need you to represent that voice. We don't need white faces that don't want to speak for a black voice. Wait, hold on. That one don't work. We don't need white faces that want to speak for a white. Wait, no, we don't want. Um, we, we don't need let's women. Just speak to the colored faces. <laughs> white, too many white faces. We don't need women. I mean, individuals. Mm. Well, what is a woman? Yeah. 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 What do you mean? What is a black person? Exactly. I mean, Rachel Dolezal is just an hour and a half from us. <laughs> I, I know she was. She thought she was black. Mm -hmm. She still does. Why can't she speak for a black? I mean, if you can get a right. an abortion, why can't she speak for? I mean, that's much closer. Mm. Gracious, <laughs> Pastor. Well, we don't want Christians who would speak God's word for one. Oh man, and, yeah. and uh -huh. we certainly don't want to say that. <laughs> so that's a massive problem. But, uh, again, notice the code language here lived experience yep. yeah. and so this is your social justice agenda this is your idea if you 
if you haven't lived with this certain type of victimology, then you don't have the resume to speak to these issues. Again, let me just ask an honest question. How was Timothy to pastor the church in the city of Ephesus, a very progressive culture, um, when Paul just said, you know, preach the word? He didn't say you have to have a lived experience, you have to be a certain age. He said, preach the word. So apparently the Bible is actually sufficient. Mm. Yeah, it has to be. Uh, We don't want any more Christians speaking the... (laughs) You know, one of the things that I thought was offensive, we've talked about this, and one of my biggest problems I see, and just with black culture, especially in this kind of talk, we want to get to a place in black culture where we have individuals who are concerned and about themselves in a way that they don't have to be concerned about the collective. And and so what I mean by that is we've always black culture needed a Martin Luther King. And I think there's every phrase of, of society of cultures that do need to have like a a group speak for the, a person speak for a group. You know, that's, that's a phase that cultures go through and black culture is still in this phase where we feel like we need a big voice to speak for us. And it's like, well, part of growing up is that you can speak for yourself. And one of the things that well, I see, you need to speak and you for need, yourself. And, and all the cultures that have migrated here from other countries have had this at one point where they need a person to speak for the culture that they're growing. I get that. But part of maturity and the way you know you're growing up is when you speak for yourself. Right. I, I manage my Shannon household. I can speak for us. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you what we're going through. I don't need to speak for every black person in America. Right. I don't need to speak to the whole black experience. Right. I can speak for what's going on with me. And as soon as you, you, they're trying to pull you back down into a place where you can be lorded over. That's yeah. true. And so, and, and, and there's no individuality. If you, if you can't have your own pot of land and build on it, because if you're speaking for everybody else, then whatever you build for yourself, that's everybody else's too. Mm-hmm. What, it's true. Whatever they're, you create, they're trying to put the people in a box. Well, they want to own yeah. you and all that you have. It's not yeah. just about the speaking. It's about what you have belongs to all of us too. Yeah. Right. Your children. And your children belong. All, it's, they're again, all our children. This is a slavery mm-hmm. man's mindset, you know? Yeah. Well, it, politically speaking, they want voting blocks. So they know when they go talk to this right. group, they know what to that, say. That when they go back to the they know what to say. And and this is a, this is this is a a pure this is like circumcision. If you don't have this, if you don't do this, you're cut off from us. Yeah. All right. This is their form of identity. And if you don't act like this, if you don't jump in line, this is a purification process. You're cut off from who we are. Yeah. So this is them telling. This is Ben Carson. Hey, you're cut off. Yeah. You don't speak like us or for us or our. What yeah. are you talking about? Yeah. She didn't mention Asian voices. Right. She didn't mention white ones either. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, Asian voices are like, don't talk. We leave us alone. We're doing all right. Y'all leave y'all keep y'all stuff to yourself. We're good at math. We leave us alone. We've been doing good. All of this goes back to the Enlightenment project. I mean, the whole Enlightenment project was this offer to save us uh, from the violence of religion. Mm. I mean, so this this fundamental lie that basically Christianity and strongly held beliefs in God make people become violent. Mm-hmm. That's why you still hear things like religious extremists. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what makes you become violent. And the benevolent state, the theory was that a secular state would save us from religious violence, mm-hmm. which is just a lie. Yeah. Now, do people commit violence in the name of their gods? Yes, they do. And they do it horribly. And have Christians done that? Yes, they have. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we, what we did was we rejected God's word, which establishes different governments to do different things in different spheres um, and so there really is a kind of separation of jurisdictions, but all of it's under God and all of it's required to submit to God. Yeah. And so there's no secular, there's no place in this world that's neutral. Mm-hmm. There's no place in this world you can go and say, but here we don't have to answer to God or God's word. No, yeah. 
Um, the the United States must submit to Jesus, right? Yeah. Every Amen. state must submit to Jesus. Every area of life must submit to Jesus. That's the only hope for peace. Yeah. Right. All the other promises of peace are false. Are all, they're false gospels. Amen. This goes back to Vody's, um interview, where you know the 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 culture has influenced us so much. Yeah, we've been we've been led by the culture instead of being led by the church. We've yeah. been worshiping the culture. We've been worshiping. I just disagree the a little bit with that. That just I know. I, what I, I I do I just I feel like the cult leads the culture, especially when we talk about America. Yeah, and I think that we've dropped the ball in such a way that they're they're mimicking us. The difference is that we have some gates around us. Uh, you're saying you disagree a little bit with what Vody said. Yeah, just a little bit. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I think I think the church is ultimately responsible. Yeah. As the church goes, so the culture goes. You know, the culture is always going to be what they're. I I think that we've dropped the ball yeah. in how we've. Um, and, and so maybe, you're saying we've created this mess. I think so. Well, well, Absolutely. About, in terms of it being a chicken and egg kind of thing, I mean, I, we could say it starts with the church. The church feeds the culture. The culture then does feed back into the church yeah, again. I mean, so there is a there is a kind of synergy. There's, there's a loop there. Kind of but, loop, yeah. but Christians don't um, – we like to pass the buck. We like to play, we mm-hmm. want to blame Hollywood or Netflix or whatever. It's yeah. the bad leftists when it's mm-hmm. like, no, there's, a, there's plenty to point right back at us. All right, so I got, I, I got a question for Josh then. Um, how has the church, what, uh, practically speaking, how has the church, um, created the culture that we're in now? Well, I mean, I think, uh, we've abandoned, you know, our, our complete stand and commitment to the sufficiency of scripture. We have become so pragmatic in our, uh, understanding of church life. We've had this idea in order to make disciples, we have to make worship, uh, that's suitable to goats rather than, you know, worship that is created in such a way that the sheep come to worship the savior. Mm. And I think that as a result of that, that the church has become more conformed to the image of the world rather than the other way around. And so, so, so yeah, connect, yeah, connect yeah. the dots for me when we yeah. abandon the authority of the scripture, mm-hmm. what is, what does that look like practically in, in, you know, our community, our schools, our, our, our culture, our politics? Well, I mean, anything goes at that point, it's just up to your imagination. So, and again, when you see the psalmist saying in Psalm 115 that, uh, that, that, you know, that they have worshiped gods that have eyes but do not see, a nose that cannot smell, a mouth that cannot speak, and then it comes on down at the end of that list and says, and they become like them. Yeah. They become empty shells of the very empty shell that they're worshiping. So that's why it is that we have to have a plus at the end of LGBTQA plus. <laughs> but, but isn't slippery slope kind of a fallacy? Because that, that's kind of what that puts that, – that's what that's arguing is slippery slope. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, you, you can argue slippery slope if you want, but the thing is, <laughs> I mean, just look at where we are today. I mean, if you think back to – you think back to the founding of this nation, you think back to the Puritans coming here. They came here with, uh, you know, the Geneva Bible. They came – they planted uh-huh. churches, and yeah. they – they structured, yeah, I mean, they started schools, and everything was structured in a certain way, organized in such a way that you could connect the dots right back to the Bible. Right. But now we've abandoned that as, and again, once you see the evangelical church becoming so wishy-washy, so superficial, you know, a mile wide and an inch deep, then that's going to have an effect upon the culture that that church is in, so that the communities, the, the cities, the rural landscapes, all of it. Uh, the, the people, the way they talk, the way that they interact, uh, their values, everything is going to flow out of uh-huh. their commitment to the Word of God. So what is Praise Mill doing, yeah. and how are you guys thinking about this locally in Georgia to to not only stop the, the tide, 
but also to start mm-hmm. building a city on a hill in your community. One of the things that we try to do is we try to structure worship so that we can come there for the purpose of of worshiping God rather than you know feeling a certain way or you know having our needs met. Uh, we want to have a very God centered. A high view of worship with a high view of God with a commitment to the sufficient Bible to guide how God demands that we worship him. And then coming out of that, so we gather for worship and then we we scatter for missions and evangelism and we have conversations in the, the public sphere, so to speak. Um, we have people that are very much engaged in open-air preaching at abortion mills. We have um, individuals who are teachers that are actually not just uh, involved in homeschooling, but we have godly teachers that teach, uh, and I know that this is a bit of a uh, of a controversial issue, but teaching in public school settings um, that are trying to push back against these things. Uh, so we have people that are very much in different areas that are trying to preach the gospel, teach the gospel, disciple children in various spheres of yeah. of life. Yeah. So. One of the things, so we were at uh, Southern Baptist Convention together, yeah. and it was really interesting. And I, I wanted to throw a camera on you when they were doing the worship, the singing part of the worship service there, because I, I was like, okay, here he is doing a whole conference on worship at G3. I'm wondering how he's sitting through this, <laughs> <laughs> you know, seeing the lights and the smoke and all the energy. Look at you. <laughs> you know, what? going through your mind as you're sitting up there doing the singing part of this i'm sure there's a lot of things that happen there but you're watching this what are you thinking at that point oh man i, I was thinking uh mm, i was thinking that you Stone know, up. I'm, I'm just having to wait till the next business session so i can vote you know basically that's what i was there for but during uh, that <laughs> during right. that worship time if you will remember there was a whole lot of chanting and you know I don't even know what it was, but it was a whole lot of stuff. It was kind of quiet. We're in an arena with a whole lot of people. Yeah. It was kind of quiet. Yeah. And then when they got to a hymn that actually had some theology and some sense to it and some structure and organization, then suddenly you could hear people singing. Wow. And so it yeah. should have been a testimony to the fact that we don't need to go down this road. We actually need to create songs, write songs, develop songs that actually uh, have theology and yeah, are not that, just repetitive. And, there's just a bunch of old people there, though, so that's just why that is. Yeah, well, not actually. If you if you looked around, you could see a lot of younger people there as yeah. well. There are yeah. songs that are actually written to be sung by congregations. Yes, that's, that's right. right. There's a difference between a concert nope. um, and, nope. and, and congregational music. And that's what we're music. doing today in evangelical circles. We're taking songs that are created to, to, to be performed right. by whether it be a band or a soloist, and we're asking the congregation yeah. to sing that, and they can't sing it. No. But then when you take a song that's actually developed with theology and depth, and it's organized for a congregation, suddenly you can hear the congregation. Seriously. Yeah. So, uh, so you've, been, you've been doing, like, uh, this last year, since I've been really following you and watching you becoming friends Wow, you, Gabe. Really? Um, yeah, well, I'm, I'm just saying, since we've become closer over, over How long this you been last doing year. Thing? Yeah. Um, a few years. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, go ahead. I'm don't sorry. Take, you, don't you take saying, my words out of context. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, uh, you've been uh, speaking really into the social justice issues, you know, really into culture on a lot of topics. Um, why do G3 on worship? That, yeah. that seems disconnected. Well, it's not disconnected at all. If you think about the fact that we're all created to be worshipers and we're mm-hmm. either going to worship God, the triune God, in the way that he has demanded that we worship him, or we're going to worship, you know, some false idol 
And you, you talked just a moment ago about the fact that, you know, they say we're going to save uh, save the culture from the angry religious people. Yeah. If you want to see angry religious people, just look at the progressives that we've just now watched. Come on. Here. Amen. I mean, Amen. they're angry and they're actually worshipers. That's right. And their religion is very much on display for the whole world Absolutely. to see. And they're sacrificing babies to their false gods. They're doing all sorts of things. Right. So we need to be very clear about when we see the triune God, the, the, the God of Scripture that is magnified before his people, and then we see the people worshiping God the way that he's demanded that, that he be worshiped, you're going to see uh, peace, love, joy, yeah. kindness. You're going to see the, the fruit of the Spirit on display. I, I'm, I was like mentioning this, and I've said it before on the show, but one of the ways you can read the book of Revelation is mm-hmm. as a, 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 it's a, it's a, a preview or a, a, you know, the curtain's, Turn back, and John is seeing heavenly worship. He's seeing worship yeah. happen in the heavenly places. Yeah. Yeah. And and what what's striking though is as he looks at heaven and watches the you know twenty four elders falling down and worshiping, and the and the heavenly creatures worshiping and praising God. Judgments are falling on the earth. That's right. Mm-hmm. Things are happening in the world connected to worship, and it's it's not a mechanism. It's it's not like it's not a pragmatism. It's it's not like a Coke machine, yeah. but it's a fact that when God's people worship him, when they behold his face and they love him and they sing to him, God does things in the world. He Absolutely. acts on our behalf. And you see this all the way through the Old Testament. I mean, how do we take down Jericho? Mm. They march around the city. Come on now. Yeah. They sing praises to God. They blow trumpets. Yes. Right. I mean, this is, I mean, how did, how did God finally take down Egypt? Yeah. People killed God. And lambs put blood over their doors. Right. I mean, what is that? The last act of worship. I mean, that's yeah. worship. Right. I and mean, that's what they did. They worshiped God, and God sent the angel of death, passed over them, destroyed the firstborn of Egypt, and led them out. Mm. Um, this is how God has always delivered his people. I mean, yeah. it's not by might, not right. by power, by my spirit. Yeah. Yeah. And so when well, we get back to biblical worship, obeying yeah. God, um, actually worshiping him as he's commanded us to do we're actually asking god to deliver us from all our pharaohs and wherever abraham went he built an altar now, that's the other thing i love yeah. i love to point that yeah. out that he built altars all through canaan yeah hundreds of years before they went and took canaan that's yeah. right. mm-hmm. and, and there's a couple places actually in joshua where they fought key battles in places that are identified as the very place where abraham built altars hundreds of years before mm. would you call that bomb runs yeah he was doing bomb runs bombing runs yeah. hundreds of years before that's what we're doing yeah. as we gather to worship god in spirit and in truth asking god to give us this land well and we don't think that far in the future either right. i know we don't play the long game and that's the long game yeah. well we need to be doing this for our great 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 that's grandchildren right. that's exactly we need right. to be creating worship uh, centers of worship wherever we go altars build and altars then, and then our great 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 grandchildren are going to look back yeah. and see what and, grandpa and grandpa did hundreds of years earlier and don't miss the fact that this is political yeah, there's a sense in which worship is political, yeah, and, yeah. and don't miss the fact. I mean, I, and what I'm, I'm not saying that like you need to preach about Trump all the time or anything like that. It's probably not a good idea. Never, at all. <laughs> yeah. But what I'm saying though is, when you worship the king, the king, the real king of America, Amen, Amen. Right, you're asking the king to act for you, and yeah. he doesn't just act on Sunday from the hours of ten to noon. He acts all day long. He's yeah. everywhere, and he's the Lord, and you're acting him. You're asking him to rule and reign. And this is where it really shows that we have a lack of faith. Yeah. Because we want to move our politics physically. We want our vote to change things. Yeah. But when we worship God in spirit and I truth, that's hard to see. To change things. It's yeah. hard to see that God's working <laughs> through our worship in yeah. this world. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Pastor Bice, last words. 
I would just say that uh, oftentimes churches and denominations will try to major on evangelism or missions, and they'll try to say, well, we want to push back on culture or we want to reach a nation uh, just through evangelism or missions, and that's the end goal. That's all you hear about, but you don't hear much about worship. Yeah. yeah. But if you read Third John 7, it's that the missionaries were sent out for the sake of his name. So in other words, missions exist, as Piper said, because worship doesn't. So the whole idea is that we are doing missions so that God will be worshipped. Mm-hmm. And and that's the goal. And then when we worship God the way that he's demanded, that that will actually have an effect on culture. Yeah. And worship yeah. drives the mission, too. Yes. So, yeah, so right. that, there's this get a, get a synergy there. But if you don't have that center to, that, that sends people out and then brings them back in, um, then that... that that center, your your, uh, your actual missions is going to be. Yeah, and it's a broken weak. philosophy. That's, that's right. And we, for, we forget that worship first evangelizes ourselves. That's worship right. first that's, changes our hearts. It's discipling us. Worship, and then and then that influences and affects our children. That's why we want to include our kids in worship, and that's why we want to baptize them. Yeah, they're, 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 <laughs> when they believe. They're, 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 <laughs> oh, they do. Yeah. From their mother's womb. Somebody wants to. Yes, they do. If somebody wants to give a love offering by signing up for the G three conference, where would they go? g3conference.com you can get your uh, seats reserved yeah. and we look forward to seeing you in oh, January absolutely yeah. we're gonna be there we're about to get real Presbyterian here so just so you know <laughs> if you're single get married if you're married have kids if you have kids go baptize them until next week love God with all your heart soul mind and strength love your neighbor as yourself go fight laugh and feast this is Cross Politic may the Lord God bless you real good <laughs> <laughs> Join the club. That was good. Thanks for being on, Josh. Yeah. I enjoyed it. That yeah, was great. That was really great. Damn it.